Welcome to this week's presentation with Scott Toole. We are thrilled to have you joining us as we gain insight from God's Word. Now, speaking from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, here's Pastor Toole. Take our Bibles, turn to Numbers chapter 4, the book of Numbers chapter number 4. Let's all stand to our feet. Uh, I would like to say, as our custom is, it's not our custom, it's just when it feels a little sleepy uh, in here, we're going to stand up as we read God's Word. Seems like it's been, a, the volume's a little light also, and I don't know what it sounds like now, uh, but the beginning of the service, if we could get a little more volume, just to keep everyone awake, okay? Uh, we're in Numbers chapter 4. I've been debating on Sunday morning, of course, we have uh, kind of out of our norm with uh, going through a uh, life study of, of David, and now... Uh, kind of a topical study on uh, a place of grace. And we need that. But we want to be that place of grace. Uh, I'm debating over what book to do next. And I almost want to do a boat show of hands. But uh, either thinking about First and Second Thessalonians going into that next. Um, or uh, the book of Acts going into that uh, would be about the third time I think that we've talked through that. But then um, I'm really leaning into the book of John. And so just be in prayer about that. Uh, that'll be Sunday morning uh, that we go uh, just normal passage by passage, verse by verse, uh, probably the book of John, and so just be leaning that direction. But uh, for tonight, we're in Numbers chapter 4, uh, and if you remember uh, in chapter 1 when we started, they gave us a count of the men, a count uh, of the men, or at least the men of war from 20 years and upward, all that are able to go to war. Uh, and so we got a count of the men, and then uh, in chapter 2, we got a configuration of their camping. Remember that, how uh, we talked about that shape that they camped in around that, that tabernacle, and then uh, we referenced Numbers 22 when Balak called for Balaam to come and curse God's people. Uh, Balaam went to an elevated position looking down. Uh, he saw them in the shape of a cross. That configuration, uh, they were encamped around the tabernacle in the shape of a cross, uh, and Balaam basically said, I can't curse whom God hath blessed. Uh, I, I can't uh, uh, pronounce cursing on them. And so he pronounced uh, blessing upon them. And then uh, in chapter number 3, after they counted all of the tribes except for Levi, uh, except for the tribe of Levi, uh, in chapter number 3, we started looking at that count of uh, the Levites, those ministers, those priests, those uh, servants of God that were called and commissioned instead of, instead of, instead of, uh, at least three times it says instead of uh, the firstborn. And now today in chapter 4, uh, we're going to focus a little bit more uh, on the Kohathites, on uh, the calling uh, that they have. And the thing to notice uh, is three things when we uh, go through these Old Testament passages. There's going to be practical application for them. Practical application uh, for them. Uh, and, of course, we're not uh, the kind of priests that they are. There's not a tabernacle to encamp around. Uh, we understand that it doesn't directly uh, apply to us. But there's going to be personal implication for us. Uh, we can glean from it. All Scripture given by inspiration. All is profitable for doctrine, reproof. And so personal implication for us. But then also uh, prophetic illustration pointing to uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so try to look through it with all three uh, of those lenses, if you will. Look at verse number one. Uh, and the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, Take the sum of the sons of Kohath, 
uh, the Kohathites, from uh, among the sons of Levi, after their families by the house of their fathers, uh, from 30 years old and upward, even until 50 years old, all that enter into the host to do the work in the tabernacle of the congregation. Uh, this shall be the service of the sons of Kohath, the Kohathites, uh, in the tabernacle of the congregation about the most uh, holy things. Lord, I do pray as we uh, 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 go through the book of Numbers for the second time, uh, that you will uh, apply your principles, what you've planned from eternity past, to our hearts and do stir us, uh, uh, edify us, and build us because uh, of what we see that you gave for them in that day and what you have planned for us uh, on this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You can be seated. Uh, and so the thing to notice first off, and we're going to look uh, at most all of the chapter, the first thing to look at though, uh, the Kohathites, those that are ministering, those that are serving, uh, look first, number one, at the age, the age. Uh, the age of those that are ministering, the age of those that are serving, the age of, verse 2, take this uh, psalm of the sons of Kohath from among the sons of Levi after their families by the house of their fathers, uh, even 30 years old and upward until 50 years old. Uh, from 30 years old and upward, uh, even until 50 years old. And so, uh, the age of those that are serving the tabernacle, the priests, those that are uh, doing that, that work of the ministry and that, uh, it, it seems like at first glance that it's 20 and out. It seems like that. Uh, 20 and out. I, I think that some of the military has that. There's different uh, law enforcement that has that. 20 and out. Uh, but, but we need to understand it's not a limitation uh, of their time in service. Uh, there's going to be an adjustment of their emphasis in service. And so uh, it's not just 30 years old, you start, 50 years old, you retire, uh, and good luck uh, with that. Uh, and, and if that were the case, I'm on five bonus years. I uh, started when I was 30 here at Roosevelt Baptist Church, and uh, I'm 55 now. And so, uh, but it's not talking about the length of your service, it's talking about the emphasis, the emphasis of that service. For instance, uh, in Numbers chapter 8, there's a clarification, uh, or even some would say there's a, a, a contradiction, uh, because in Numbers chapter 8, giving the length of service, the length of service, or, or at least the start, uh, it says from 25 years old uh, and upward. Uh, now, Numbers 8 says 25 years old. Uh, here, uh, Numbers chapter 4 says 30 years old. And so uh, my question would be, is it 30 to 50? Is that uh, when you're doing the service, or is it uh, 25 uh, to 50, and the implication uh, upon further review. Uh, the implication is uh, it's the same time in serving that hands-on in the tabernacle, uh, but from 25 to 30 uh, would be more of a training time. From 25 to 30 would be more of an internship. Uh, from 25 to 30, uh, I think they're being instructed on the how and and the when, and, uh, and uh, the, the details of that ministry. Uh, and so they're being trained 25 to 30. Uh, who are they being trained by? Uh, I believe it's those that are uh, past that 50-year age mark from 50 years and upward, uh, rather than just shutting her down and then all the Kohathites moving to Florida. 
Uh, instead of just shutting it down, uh, the Kohathites at uh, that age, uh, those that uh, were ministering, hey, they're still ministering, but they're doing it with a different emphasis. Uh, and where they were more hands-on, doing it, hands-on, uh, doing it, uh, now they're still hands-on, but the emphasis is training those 25 to 30 that will be doing the work by all that they learned in God's uh, work. Anybody seeing that at all? Uh, and so it's kind of the model that God has for us for ministry, the older men teaching the younger men. Uh, Titus chapter 2 talks about the aged women uh, teaching uh, the younger women. You have 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, where it says, uh, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Kind of a Paul and a Timothy. Uh, a Paul and a Timothy. Kind of an Elijah and an Elisha. Uh, kind of a model that mentoring, and so those that are older, those that have been in the work longer, uh, those that have had the experience of, uh, okay, I, I, I learned a lot of things along the way. I learned a lot of things along the way. Now, uh, rather than you having to go through all that I went through, uh, learning things along the way, hey, I want to make sure that you're tuned in, you're prepped up, you're sharpened, uh, you're ready to roll uh, as far as 25 to 30 being trained by uh, those that are above 50 years old, uh, you see that in Numbers 4, 30 to 50. You see that in Numbers 8, uh, 25 uh, to 50. Uh, by the way, I, I, th I think that a lot of times the pride of our youth sometimes can get in the way of that. Uh, the pride of our youth, not being teachable, thinking we know all the answers, not being teachable. For instance, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, one that... The ones that I've met that know the most about parenting and are experts in it, uh, it's this way is the right way, uh, your way is the wrong way, any other way but my way is the wrong way. Uh, typically, parents that have that attitude uh, usually have a three-month-old child, and so uh, and, and they're experts on all of it. They they haven't gone through uh, the the adolescent years and the teen years, and, uh, and 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 a lot of times because we think we know the answers because we read a book one time, and so now we know, uh, and 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 we're going to tell everyone else. But we, what we need to do is come in teachable. But I learned from those that have turned out kids that are in the ministry, turned out uh, kids that are loving the Lord, serving the Lord. Boy, as a young man, I, I wanted to learn about parenting from those that have done it well. I, I think in the same way, um, uh, uh, in Bible college, the ministerial students that were freshmen uh, and sophomores, boy, they had all the answers on uh, how to pastor a church. They've never pastored one day. They have no... Uh, and not only do you not have all the answers, you don't even know what the questions are. But, uh, and so uh, those ministerial students, and well, this is the way you pastor, and this is the right way, and uh, that's the wrong way. Any way but this way uh, is, is the wrong way. Uh, a lot of times in our youth, we're so filled with what we think we know, uh, and we don't even know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know, and we need to have the humility that says, Boy, I want to learn from that aged saint, that, that minister that's been doing it for a while, that parent uh, that, that doesn't just have a three-month-old child, but uh, that, that parent that actually parented successfully. Boy, I want to learn from them. Uh, uh, and, and let me say this with that in mind. Uh, the demographic of our staff is like it is on purpose. Uh, it is like it is on purpose. We have older men uh, on staff. 
uh, and I was thinking through it uh, today, James Mastro has been in the church 23 years, James and Barb uh, Mastro, 23 years. Um, he's, I'm not sure if I should, I won't say Barb's age, but uh, James is 58 years old. Uh, they've been married 30 years, 30 plus years. Uh, they have two grown kids that uh, have uh, good homes, good marriages, and they have grandkids from those two grown kids. Uh, and so the aged men, the aged men, by that seasoning, that seasoning, uh, we are a multi-generational church on purpose, but there's so much more to it than just, just congregationally, uh, even pastorally, uh, we have that. Uh, I, I would count myself as one of the aged men, Brother Mastro, you and I. Uh, and so he's been here 23 years. I've been here, uh, you heard earlier, 25 years. Uh, he's, they've been married uh, 30 years. We've been married 31 years. Uh, and of course, Stephen's on pastoral staff, and Hannah uh, is on staff also here at the church. Um, we are who we are on purpose. Steve Smith um, is 40-some years old. Um, I think I'm right on that, 40-some He's old anyway. Anyway, uh, and he has two of his kids are in Bible college. Aaron Burden, 39 years old. Dan uh, Grant is up in those age levels. Dan Grant been here some 15 years. Uh, and so we have some in their 30s. We have uh, young staff also. But the reason it's so diverse uh, is because we want to make sure that we're training the younger men, the older men, training the younger men, uh, those that have successfully parented, uh, reaching back uh, to those that, that, that just have a newborn uh, and, and are just trying to figure that out. Uh, uh, um, boy, uh, when I was that age, I couldn't wait. I wanted to peep, lean in, uh, speak in. I didn't think I knew it all, uh, pastoring or parenting. Uh, and so I think this model here, uh, Numbers chapter 4, start at 30, but then Numbers chapter 8 says, uh, the difference between 25 and 30 is uh, when you're 25, be learning from those that are 51, those that are 52, those that are 53. Be learning from them. Uh, okay, does everybody got that? Uh, should I stop here and say get it, and you say got it, and then I say good? Uh, let's not even go there. Anyway, so uh, the age, that disparity is so on purpose. It's not a contradiction. Uh, it is a clarification, uh, and so there's a practical application for them. There's a personal implication for us. Uh, okay, that practical application, 25 to 30 training, 30 to 50, okay, ministry, uh, and then 51 uh, and above training those that are 25 to 30. Uh, a personal uh, implication for us is we should be teachable the younger we are uh, rather than thinking we know it all by having question, question, hey, teach me, help me to understand. Hey, I don't know, I need to learn uh, and then also, as older, uh, being willing to pour in to the younger. Now, the prophetic implication, or illustration, the prophetic implication, uh, okay, see, Numbers 4 says uh, you start that priesthood when you're 30 years old. When you're 30 years old, boy, our great high priest, uh, our compassionate uh, high priest, the one that, that uh, uh, ever lives to make intercession for us, uh, his earthly ministry, how old was he when he began his earthly ministry? Anybody remember? It was about 30 years of age. And so uh, we're not just reading words. There's a whole lot here. Uh, and so let's continue to unpack. But now number two. Uh, number one in Numbers chapter four, I see the age, the age, the older uh, teaching, speaking into the younger, the younger uh, being teachable and wanting to learn from the older uh, and so that, that age, and then next, the anointing, the anointing. 
Uh, you have to go back to Exodus chapter 29, talking about priests, talking about uh, their ministry. We've already seen that. We've uh, been through that already a couple of years ago, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, second time through. But in Exodus, uh, uh, 20, Exodus 29, uh, it says, And this thing shalt thou do unto them, to hallow them, to minister unto me uh, in the priest's office. And then it talks about uh, a young bullock, and then the blood applied to the uh, ear, great uh, uh, thumb, great toe. Uh, and then verse 4, uh, wash them in water, and then verse 7, uh, anoint them with oil. Uh, and so, uh, blood applied, washed in water, anointed with oil, 30 years of age. Uh, blood applied, uh, washed in water, anointed with oil, uh, 30 years of age. Uh, do we have Luke, Luke chapter 3 for the screens? Uh, our great high priest. Our great high priest in verse 21, uh, uh, when uh, all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also being baptized and praying, the heaven was opened, the heaven was opened, Matthew's account says, coming up out of the water, uh, out of the water first, uh, washing with water. In fact, first is that application of the blood. Jesus didn't need the blood applied, he had no sin. Perfect, uh, impeccable. In fact, it was his blood that was applied. Uh, but... Uh, being washed in water, he had that. And then verse 22, And the Holy Ghost descended in bodily shape like a dove unto him, upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, Thou art my beloved Son, and thee am I well pleased. And so uh, that, that washed in water, that uh, anointed with oil. And then look at verse number th uh, 23. Uh, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years uh, of age. Boy, we have a wonderful high priest that wonderfully fulfilled every single detail. So many that we don't mention, but I think we can at least see that a whole lot of them, uh, 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 so many that he fulfilled uh, in Matthew 3.15, it says, Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. To fulfill all righteousness. That prophetic illustration uh, uh, wash with water and then anoint with oil and then 30 years of age, uh, he fulfilled that perfectly. Put down number three. Number three. Uh, number one, we see, say it with me, we see the, the age. Uh, number two, we see the uh, anointing. And then number three, the analogies. The analogies. Let's look at a couple of them uh, in our, pas our passage. Look at verse number five. Uh, and when the camp setteth forward, Aaron shall come and his sons, and they shall take down the covering veil and cover the ark of the testimony with it. Shall put thereon the covering of badger skin, and shall spread over it a cloth holy blue, and shall uh, put in the staves thereof. The staves thereof. Now, uh, there's a couple passages that talk about this. The covering of blue is underneath the badger skin. Uh, what what uh, is noteworthy to me is uh, the beautiful covering uh, that. That prettier covering is underneath that, that uglier covering. Badger skin, common. Badger skin, kind of uh, uh, a, a little, mm, uh, just as you look at the outside, that arc, that arc, that wonderful thing on the inside, uh, and, and they wouldn't see the royal blue, the silky blue, the beautiful blue. Uh, they wouldn't even see deeper than that, the arc. Uh, what people see from the outside looking in is badger skin. From the outside looking in, things seem a little common, a little ugly. I don't see the beauty of it from the outside looking in, okay? That's the ark. How about the tabernacle? Uh, the ark, when it's traveling, that's the case. Uh, the tabernacle, when it's stationary, there's 
four layers to that. Uh, of course, that innermost layer, there's beautiful tapestry. Uh, on the inside, there's angels embroidered on the inside uh, of that, that covering looking up. And then second layer, goat skin, which is black. Third layer, ram skin dyed red. Uh, but then the fourth layer, again, is badger skin. Is badger skin. Hey, people that aren't on the inside don't see it. People that are on the outside, uh, they don't really understand it. They don't really get it. Uh, by the way, uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see. Well, he's blind. Uh, he can't see the beauty of God's uh, economy and all that God's doing. Hey, all they see on the outside, from the outside, the unsaved, boy, they miss the incredible the menorah made out of one beaten work of gold. The altar of incense, they miss that. The, the table of showbread, they don't get that. The uh, Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, they don't, the veil, they don't see that from the outside. Balak, uh, looking from the outside, boy, it's kind of ugly. It's kind of common. Uh, and of course, to you, it would be. You're uh, on the outside. You're on the outside. Uh, the Ark, uh, transporting badger skin. The tabernacle, Stationary, badger skin. Uh, by the way, Christ is similar to that. Uh, in Isaiah 53, it says about Christ, uh, in him there's no form or comeliness that we should desire him. Uh, kind of common, kind of common, no form uh, on the outside. Uh, on the outside. Of course, Philippians 2 7, he made himself of no reputation, uh, took upon him the form of a servant. Uh, and was made in the likeness of men. Uh, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Now, that's on the outside. Uh, on the inside, we know it's incredible. Uh, that hypostatic union, he's all God, he's all man. The incarnation. The Word was made flesh, robed in flesh, uh, and dwelt among us. And so from the outside... Boy, it's kind of common from the outside, kind of commonplace on the outside. Uh, a lot of times he would just kind of blend in with the crowd uh, on the outside looking in, but understand on the inside he's 100% God. Uh, I think the Mount of Transfiguration, he pulled back that badger skin just a little bit to let the glory of God glow. The Mount of Transfiguration. To just give a glimpse of God, he's God, to give a glimpse of God uh, for, for a moment. Uh, and that's what floored Peter, James, and John. From the outside, you don't always see it, but, but on the inside, on the inside, it's incredible. Uh, you know, a lot of times people will look at Christianity and Christians from the outside and say, well, I, I, I just don't get it. They go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Didn't you go to church already once this week on Sunday? You're back on Wednesday night. Uh, it doesn't make really any sense to me. And then it's just simply the teaching of the Word of God, that uh, verse by verse, teaching of the Word of God. Hey, I don't get it. I don't see it. Uh, it's kind of common. Tithing and giving and sacrificing and uh, living a, 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 uh, a giving kind of... Uh, I, I don't get that. I don't, I, I don't see that. And of course you don't. You're looking... Uh, on the outside and from the outside. Uh, by the way, we're not talking about uh, the tabernacle temple now. Uh, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And haven't we already seen on Sunday morning that, that man, God, uh, look, man seeth not as God seeth for. Man looketh on the outward, the outward, the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. Boy, on the inside. 
uh, on the inside. Take time to see it on the inside. Uh, and you can even apply it in, in Corinthians. It says, we look not at the things which are seen, the outside, but the things which are unseen. For the things that are seen are temporal. The things that are unseen are eternal. Well, make sure, I, I love Matthew where it says, judge not according to appearance. Uh, according to appearance. And so on the outside, the outside in, uh, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but when you're living, you're looking uh, from the inside out, uh, it's incredible. Uh, it's amazing. I love the analogy with the transportation of the ark and then that uh, setting up of uh, the tabernacle of Christ and then uh, also of us. Look at another one. Uh, talking about analogies, analogies. We have the ark, look at the altar, verse number 11. And upon the golden altar, verse 13, uh, and they shall take away the ashes, talking about transporting, they shall take away the ashes from the altar uh, and spread a purple cloth thereon. The color, the color uh, is interesting to me because that sacrifice, that sacrifice, take the ashes away, uh, clothe it with a purple, a, a purple uh, cloth. Remember when our great sacrifice, uh, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world that was, gave his life for us. Uh, remember the robe that was stripped from him before they crucified him? Boy, that purple cloth, that, that purple robe. I love the analogies that you can see walking through, walking through uh, the Old Testament. Now look at verse 15, 16. Uh, it goes to great effort, detail for those priests not to look on. Uh, that's why they covered. Uh, look at verse number 17. And the Lord spake unto Moses unto Aaron, saying, Cut ye not off the tribe of the families of the Kohathites from among the Levites, uh, but, thou, that, but thus do unto them that they may live and not die. Here's what I want you to do. That they may live and not die. Uh, when they approach unto the most holy things, Aaron and his son shall go in and anoint uh, them, everyone uh, to his service and to his burden, but they, the Kohathites, shall not uh, go in to see, to see. They shall not go in to look on, to, to see when the holy things are covered, lest they die. Um, I, I have to at least uh, make mention of, it's a warning that went unheeded, uh, especially in 1 Samuel chapter 6. Remember when uh, the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant? And they uh, took it away. That was when uh, Eli uh, died. And then uh, you have uh, Hophni Phinehas, uh, a wife gave birth. It was Ichabod, the glorious departed. Remember that? Uh, and so the, the Philistines, they set up the, the um, uh, Ark of the Covenant in their temple Dagon. Remember that temple, that, that, that idol Dagon? And uh, they got up the next day and uh, uh, Dagon, Dagon, Dagon. Uh, was fallen down, basically worshiping uh, there uh, uh, at that, that mercy seat, that Ark of the Covenant, and they propped him back up. Uh, I'm glad that my God never needs propped up. Uh, he's propping me up. I don't prop him up. And, and so they went around it again. They propped him back up, and then the next day, uh, Dagon, uh, Dagon uh, was uh, on his face again. This time, hands, feet were broken off, and so they finally said, uh, Dagon, uh, we need to get rid of this. Uh, that's preacher humor. You don't have to laugh. It's preacher humor. So, uh, and so they got rid of it. And, and when the, the 
Uh, Israelites taking it back, they stopped at Beth Shemesh. They were uh, rejoicing and celebrating. The, the Ark of the Covenant uh, is back. And, uh, and, but the problem was they did more than just uh, celebrate and rejoice. 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 19 says that God smote the men of Beth Shemesh because they had looked into the Ark of the Lord. Now, directly against the warning of Numbers chapter 4, uh, that, that they don't look, that they don't see. They need to be careful about that. Uh, and those at Beshemesh, they, the God smote them because they lifted off the mercy seat and looked into the law. They lifted off the mercy seat uh, and looked into the ark of the Lord. Uh, even God smote the people 50,000, threescore and ten men. Uh, and the people lamented because the Lord had smitten many of the people with a great slaughter. With a great slaughter. And, and keep in mind, uh, they lifted off and laid aside the mercy seat to look into the law. Lifted off and laid aside mercy and grace. Boy, this would tie in well with Sunday morning. Uh, a place of grace. Uh, and they wanted to deal with the law. Uh, they wanted to deal with the law. Uh, and keep in mind, the letter of the law, the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. No wonder uh, 50,070 uh, were slain uh, by the way, it's not just the Israelites back uh, then that do that. Uh, I know pastors that the way they, uh, they, they manage, the way they pastor, the way they uh, 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 organize, and uh, they've lifted off and laid aside grace. They've lifted off and laid aside mercy. Uh, and it's all about the law. They want to dig into the law, the law, the law, the law. Uh, and their people are being killed uh, because there's no grace, there's no love, there's no uh, mercy. Boy, the ground's level. We're all in the same boat. It's not one person preaching down at uh, other people. Hey, we look eye to eye. We've all said, come short of the glory of God. Uh, and this is what we need. We need this. Uh, and pastors that are, are, are this way, uh, lifting off, laying aside, uh, and dealing with, dealing with regulations and more rules and more requirements, uh, demanding, dominating, and dictating, they're destroying the work of God because God wants us to be shepherds, leading his sheep, feeding his sheep with the word of God, uh, but instead, I know husbands that have done that. Uh, husbands that, that have lifted off, laid aside the mercy seat, the mercy seat, uh, lifted off, laid aside, uh, and it's all about what well, you dominating, demanding, the law, the law, the law, the law. I uh, told a story, someone asked me about it the other day, and I've told it at least 15 times about uh, the wife that was married to a very controlling, dominant, dictating husband. Uh, in her own words, she said he ended up getting sick and, and God mercifully took him. These are her words, uh, not mine. And, and she said for, for a long time she was just getting oxygen, just uh, trying to repair that oppression and that damage, that dominance, that that dictating, kind of a mandating. And uh, she said not even wanting to. She met a, uh, another man years later, and they fell head over heels in love with each other. Uh, the dating relationship and the courtship and the engagement and uh, the honeymoon, and it was just a beautiful thing, so different than her first marriage, so different than her first marriage. And, uh, and it wasn't a dominating, it wasn't a dictating, it wasn't a uh, mandating. They were in love with each other, uh, in love with each other. Uh, she said that um, a couple years after they were married, she was uh, going through the garage getting rid of old stuff and 
she opened one box and she saw right on the top uh, when she shuddered, uh, her spirit just tightened up. Uh, she saw one of those old uh, rule lists that her ex-husband who passed away uh, had uh, usually on the refrigerator. You need to do this. You need to act like this. You need to be this. Uh, you need to stop doing this. You need to do more of that. Rule, 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 rule. And, uh, and she really did kind of cringe at seeing that list of demands uh, but then after she relaxed a little bit and looked at it a little longer, she realized, I'm doing all of those things now that he was demanding I do back then, uh, and I'm doing them out of joy. I'm doing them because of love. I'm doing them because it's a relationship of grace. Uh, it's not him dictating and dominating. Uh, it's because out of love, out of love, out of love, it's the love of Christ that constraineth us. It's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. And so, if you're more prone to lifting off and laying aside mercy, by the way, if you go to Romans chapter 3, the Bible says that he's the propitiation for our sins, his blood, the propitiation. In Romans 3, the Greek word used there, propitiation, uh, is only used two times in the Bible. The other time is in Hebrews chapter 9, uh, and it's not rendered propitiation, uh, it's rendered mercy seat. Jesus Christ is our mercy seat. Uh, our Savior, His grace, uh, his, his forgiveness. Hey, He is the mercy seat. Uh, in churches that are just about self-help and improvement, uh, and you need to wear this, do this, act like this, and be this, boy, they've, they've effectively lifted off and laid aside uh, the mercy seat, and they're dealing with uh, the law. Uh, um, and there's, there's more to that, but let's go to point number four. Let's go to point number four. Uh, number one, we saw the age, um, and that's 30 years to, to 50. Of course, 25 to 30 is we need to be teachable, not thinking we know it all, but wanting uh, the experience of someone else to speak in. And then uh, when we're older, that willingness to speak in and help uh, with parenting, pastoring, with life, with, with everything. Uh, and then the anointing, that uh, uh, blood uh, applied, that water washing, that oil anointing, and then that uh, 30 years, that anointing. And then uh, the analogies, there's a ton of them. We're not going to uh, continue to belabor the point I already have. Uh, but then number four, write it down, the administration. The administration, the organization or uh, the administration. How it's structured, how it's uh, organized, and so uh, the Kohathites were to carry the ark, uh, that furniture, those holy things and from the holy place and the holy of holies. But look at verse number 16. Uh, and to the office of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, pertaineth the oil for the light and the sweet incense, the daily meat offerings, the anointing oil, and the oversight of all the tabernacle, uh, of all that therein is, in the sanctuary and the vessels thereof. And so uh, there's others that are uh, handling, doing uh, hands-on work, uh, and it seems like Eleazar is supervising, working with, uh, but also uh, organizing and supervising uh, them. Look at the next one, 21. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take also the sum of the sons of Gershon. It's not uh, Kohath here, it's uh, Gershon, the Gershonites. Throughout the house of their fathers by their families, verse 24, uh, this is the service of the families of the Gershonites to serve for the burdens, and they shall bear the curtains of the tabernacle. The tabernacle of the congregation is covering, covering the badger skins that is above and upon it. 
uh, hanging for the door of the tabernacle uh, of the congregation. And so we've talked a little bit about this last chapter, how one of them was in charge of the hardware, one of them was in charge of the software. Talked about that. Uh, look at verse number 28. This is a service of the families um, uh, of the sons of Gershon uh, in the tabernacle of the congregation. Their charge shall be under the hand of... Okay, uh, the first one, it was Eleazar supervising. Uh, but here, this third... Uh, it's going to be Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. And so uh, Eleazar is supervising one-third, and now uh, Eleazar is supervising the next third, or, or Ithamar, Ithamar uh, supervising the next third. Uh, look at 29. As for the sons of Merari, uh, thou shalt number them after their families by the house of their fathers. 31. Uh, and this is the charge of their burdens, according to all the service in the tabernacle of the congregation, the boards, uh, this is the hardware, the tabernacle, the bars, uh, the hardware, the pillars thereof, sockets thereof. They're in charge of that third, that third. Uh, look at 33. Uh, this is the service of the families of the sons of Merari, according to all of their service in the tabernacle of the congregation, under the hand of, and here's the third supervisor, the third supervisor. You have uh, Eleazar supervising a third, and then you have uh, Ithamar supervising a third. Uh, look at the third supervisor, under the hand of, now wait a second, it's Ithamar again, the son of Aaron the priest. Uh, and so they're divided in thirds. Eleazar has a third, and then Ithamar, uh, and then Ithamar. Uh, and you say, well, that doesn't seem fair. And, and I would say, uh, you're exactly right. Aaron originally had four sons, Eleazar, uh, Ithamar, Nadab, and Abihu. Remember Nadab uh, and Abihu? Well, they walked away from the ministry. They quit the ministry. They got burned out, or at least lit on fire. Uh, Nadab and Abihu got uh, burned out of the ministry. Uh, and when someone walks away, uh, drags up, burns out, uh, the work still has to get done. Uh, and what happens is that workload is put on, uh, uh, on the two people that are left. It's that 80-20 uh, rule uh, still playing out uh, there. And so the administration, um, just take note of that, uh, keep that in mind. But now number five, we're done. The amount, the amount. Uh, it's numbers, and so where would we be if we didn't have some numbers in here? Uh, and so uh, the Merarites, um, uh, with the heaviest job, the Merarites, uh, their family had the most people, and you're going to see it here uh, in 34. Uh, Moses and Aaron and the chief of the congregation numbered the sons of the Kohathites after their families, after the house of their fathers, from 30 years old, because that's when you start, 25 to 30, you're training, you're learning, you're interning, uh, from 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, everyone that entereth into the service for the work of the tabernacle. And so they're numbering the Kohathites. Verse 36, it's 2,750. And then 38. Uh, and those that were numbered to the sons of Gershon throughout their families by the house of their fathers, from 30 years old and upward, even unto 50 years old, he uh, is, is belaboring that point. Uh, everyone that entereth into the service of the work of the tabernacle, 40, that's 2,630. Uh, and then 42, and those that were numbered of the families of the sons of Merari throughout the families by the house of their fathers from 30, again, 30 years old, even up uh, over to 50 years old. And again, remember in chapter 8, we're going to see that clarification of 25 to 30, you're learning. 25 to 30, uh, you're in training, uh, and you're being trained by those that are uh, beyond 50. And so, uh, and the number of them, 44, is 3,000. Uh, and 200. Look at 46. All those that were numbered of the Levites, 48, even those that were numbered of them were 8,500 uh, and fourscore. According to the command of the Lord, they were numbered by the hand of Moses 
Uh, everyone according to his service, according to the burden, thus were they numbered of him uh, as the Lord commanded Moses. 48, uh, the Levites taken as a whole uh, were 25% of the total population of the next smallest tribe. 25%. Uh, and that tribe is doing, again, 80% of the work. They said 80-20 uh, rule, but, but we've already talked about some incredible privileges uh, that they're given blessings uh, that God had for them. And so as we walk through Numbers chapter 4, boy, there are some takeaways. Boy, make sure you get some of those takeaways. Those takeaways. Don't just read through it because uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the men and women of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Uh, and then I charge thee, therefore, before God uh, and uh, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Boy, preach that word. Preach that word. Uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. The word is talking about is the whole counsel of God. Boy, I don't want to miss any of it. I want to get all of it. I want everything that God has penned in his book, uh, especially for this night, out of Numbers chapter 4. And so I appreciate you uh, being uh, awake, listening in, uh, but let's make sure that we have personal implications from what we've looked at out of Numbers chapter 4. Let's stand to our feet. Let's have a word of prayer. And that is today's message. We invite you to tune in next time with Scott Toole as he presents another message from Rosedale Baptist Church. For more information about today's presentation or about the ministries of Rosedale Baptist Church, go online to rosedalebaptist.org. That's rosedalebaptist.org. Join us again next time as we study the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse.